yeah, yeah. Here, buddy. Jason Allen Moore. How you doing, my brother? I'm good, bud. Good, good. This moment makes me feel like playing this particular music. Happy music. Soothing music, yeah. right? Yeah. Very seldom we get to do it like that. Yeah. It's always on a on a schedule. Right. On a situation. So that's why after having family and the jobs that we have, we really appreciate those moments when we Absolutely. get to just like pick up the guitar or the sitar. Yeah. Whatever it is, and just jam for a little bit, and just Electric let it go. Cigar box ukulele is working. The screaming youth, it says on the back of it. It's pretty cool. Nice. Yeah, this is just a happy thing. It's a happy little instrument with a nice skull on the front of it. You know? Isn't that weird? How a ukulele is? I don't. I don't want to call it a comeback. Right. But don't it's been it like. So popular. The last three, four years, a lot of more people yeah. playing it. A lot of more people, like, given that feel, I think, ever since, uh, remember that guy that did uh, Someday, Somewhere Over the Rainbow? Oh, yeah, Izzy. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 that guy. And, uh, and then people started doing more and more and more. Yeah. 21 Pilots. It's crazy. I think they write most of their songs on ukulele. On ukulele. No yeah. Way. And That's then, so cool. you know, when they go to the studio, they add all the yeah. synths and all the loops and all the uh, samples and right. all the stuff. I think this girl, Billie Eilish, oh, yeah. her brother writes a lot on, on it's ukulele. It's kind of. Especially her songs. It just boils it down. If you just work in like the key of C, right? You know, it's just boils well, it's, everything down to the, you know, the basics. Like the folk guitar from Venezuela it's a four string guitar and it's called cuatro like number four and I can't remember what is it tuned and if it's tuned just like the ukulele it's a little bigger though mm. ukuleles freak me out because after like the fifth fret just like I can't play anything right because they're just so size wise yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah I only play on the first five frets basically yeah ukulele, which is i think if you do the bar chord you should be able to get up there more but mm -hmm. i just go for the first four chords like the four chords i know mm -hmm. you know c c a minor a minor f and uh, g yeah <laughs> and most of the songs are yeah, played on those right. chords so i just want to play those they songs. just exchange them yeah but um i think here in uh what we would call the mainland. Right. We see it as, oh, that's what Hawaiians do to jam. They totally. play the ukulele. Right. But the music that comes out, it just has a total different vibe. Right. Which is kind of like what Bob Marley did mm -hmm. with reggae. Yeah. He's just playing it. How would you call that? It's it on, it's not on the beat, right? He's, he's playing of, it. Like on the ants. On, right? on, on uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It's basically, I always thought that ska music, when that made a comeback like in the late 90s when it became big, uh -huh. I thought, oh, it's just fast reggae. You know, one, and two, and three, uh -huh. and Then I read this book called, uh, what's it called? The Rise of a Legend. And it's about Bob Marley when he was a kid and what was going on. It, it, it talks about the history of Jamaica, like when the British ruled and mm -hmm. how the, the Jamaican Maroons 
were the guys up in the hills who were like the warriors? The Rastafarians. Yeah, I don't know. I can't. I can't remember how that. What? Yeah, probably. But they were called Maroons. Okay. Right. And so I made a song about it, and I tried to like use everything I learned about you know Jamaica and that from that book in this one song. Oh, and, nice. And it's called It's called Beat Street because there's a place called Beat Street. Okay. And it's like these burnout <clears throat> warehouses that are abandoned warehouses, and this guy. Uh, man, there's two of them that were like rival DJs. It was like the first beginning of rap because they had two turntables and they would be oh. playing records and the kids would be dancing and that's where they got dance hall. So it was this big, you know, basically party because the when the British had the country, they only had like two radio stations that were like public radio and they played only classical music and the kids oh, were like okay. screw this man mm-hmm, and right. they wanted all the cool Chuck Berry <clears throat> and whatever was happening in the 50s they wanted that stuff so they would get bootlegged in through the soldiers would bring in these records and this one dude had a huge collection and he had two turntables so he'd be burning a song and then when oh, that one starts man. ending he'd get on the mic and try to keep the hype going and start talking between songs, and supposedly that's like the beginning of rap, you know? Oh, because he'll be like scatting, yep. just trying yep. to keep the people yep. m- like dancing. on that beat until he yep. brings in the next song. And he tried to like get, that's when they've tried to match tempos and stuff like oh, that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so this is a really cool book called Rise of a Legend that I recommend. It's, oh, it's so cool. That sounds so good. Because that's, that goes straight to New York. Okay. Yeah, where the real turntable and the like, the rap and DJ wars right. really, really it's just started. coming right down from those islands. Yeah, man. and then that's when I read about which I, I like going back to ska. I thought that reggae, or I thought that ska was just fast reggae, but it turns out reg, uh, ska was around in the fifties. It was, it was like a thing. Oh, and really? reggae, Bob Marley was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Got to chill this out, baby. Yeah. <laughs> so it's That's, all the other way around. Yes, dude. Reggae is slow down. Yeah, slow ska. down ska. That makes sense. Isn't that cool? For him to be like, okay, chill. let's slow it down. Right. Let's chill it. Yeah. That's awesome. And Bob and the Whalers, was a genius, man. man. They were like the biggest band in Jamaica. There's a couple other dudes. The other guy who had a big hit. I Peter think. Tosh. Peter Tosh was there. And Peter Tosh had his, his own band, Alpha Blondie. Remember okay. that band? Yeah. Like Bigly. amazing songs. Amazing songs. Out. Yeah, that's so cool, man. And Bob uh, built cars. He, he, was, he worked at, up in Detroit at Chrysler. Oh, really? And that's what he would do. He'd go up and work for a while, you know, get some money, and come back down to Jamaica and go do a bunch of gigs. Because they weren't making money. They were getting mm-hmm. used by the first label that signed him, like yeah, screwed him out of classic, money. Classic, right? course you know like i'm gonna give you guys some money so you can do a record and i'm gonna promote it blah 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 have you watched that documentary who shot bob marley no i've been fearful because i think it's gonna piss me off so bad it's crazy that a lot of people don't know that he was he was a target right from not only his government but a lot of people you know like a full-blown conspiracy theory cia was after him blah 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 But uh, there was a concert, I think it was the show in Zaire, Okay. right? And that coincides with Zaire being this big confluence of a cultural movement that basically like America is trying to bring over there. That's where uh, Muhammad Ali had that uh, huge uh, fight against uh, 
I think it was against Joe Frazier, and it was the, their second fight. So it was the biggest fight in the history right. by then. And Bob Marley was playing the show, and he got gassed at the show right there was this huge riot the venue it was like in like 120,000 people in there wow and these guys like the guards the the police they're shooting tear gas unbelievable at the stage everybody's running everybody's crying bob marley's in the middle of the stage fucking dancing like he's on a trance dude you watch that it gives you goosebumps you're like oh my god he's doing his little one two three step like Dude, nothing is tonight. happening like nothing is happening yeah. he's just in his own world like wow. you can't fucking yeah. stop me yeah. you know he was like such a a rebel right at his soul was just like what like that's a redemption song like right. how how long are we gonna just be on the sidelines and look how they kill us right, and they right, oppress right. us I gotta fight, and I have to fight. Good. However, you know. Yeah, he's a rebel for peace, you know. Yeah. For justice. Unfortunately, because of his beliefs were so strong, he was like, "All right, if this is gonna take me, you know what? He had that uh, gangrene mm-hmm. in his in his leg. He was like, that's gonna take me because you know Rastafarians don't go to doctors, they don't believe gotcha. in doctors, so they do their own medicine or they kind of like play it by, my body will heal it, but." Right. There are certain things that you don't fuck around with. Right, right. You, you need medication no for shit. certain stuff, you know? Yeah. And yeah, it got him and, and it took him out, but he died by the sword. Right, you know? right. So didn't somebody actually, he got shot, right? I think he did. Yeah, he yeah, did yeah. get He did get. And uh, he did the show once. anyway. I think he was like, it didn't, obviously wasn't a. Yeah, like the bullet just like right. grazed him. Something and he was, like I think that. he was just recently shot and he did a show anyway. Yeah. Like, dude, you're like, not going to stop me. Nothing, man. Wow. Nothing, yeah. Different times, different people. Yeah. You know, nowadays. Uh, yeah, ow. That'll be, oh yeah, headlines. Right. And uh, all kinds of crazy shit. That makes me want to watch that. Uh, I'm going to watch that tonight, man. I'm going to check that out. That's, oh yeah, definitely. Killer. Do it. Like anything that I think Bob Marley left such a beautiful legacy. Yeah. Not only on his music, but like each interview that you can get a hold of. Whether whether it's on YouTube, eat any book that's been written on him, it's like you, his philosophy is always imprinted. Yeah, and that's one of the, like him, John Lennon. Totally, these two cats that you're like, wow. Yeah, yeah. You'll always be amazed of how centered they were, and things that till the day we don't have people like that anymore. It's true. You know, yeah. and we are battling the same issues or uh, fighting wars they're like for what for whose interest right inequality all kinds of social problems and it's like they they're still making you know like politics don't change right. they even get worse right. for everybody but no one's does no one does anything like it's all like everyone complains but at the end everything's fine yeah you know it's because it's you know everybody that's a cog in that big wheel you know they're somehow making money off of why they're doing what they're doing yeah. so it's it's hard to get people to turn down a dollar you know that's the hardest part right because when you think about you start 
from the like the little to the huge from the little to the huge spectrum your representatives like who are they who are we voting in there and really are they acting on behalf of our best interest or they're always going to get in someone's pocket right you know even if they're they're speech they give sounds amazing oh yeah is it all bullshit it <laughs> is it know. is most of the times because yeah. when you look at and we live in a state that is charging taxes for everything right. i just noticed a couple of weeks ago uh one of my jiu-jitsu training partners uh was posted something on facebook about the new tax that you will have to pay or that you have to pay if you're driving a diesel truck mm. Not only diesel is more expensive, even though it's, you know, it's, I think it's better consumption-wise for your car. Now you're going to have to pay a tax oh, on wait, top of I that. I thought diesel, I might be completely off, but I, I thought it was actually cleaner than gas, isn't it? It's cleaner, yeah, and but it's it, more expensive. That's why it's more expensive. Okay. So, so there are certain cars, taxes? even small cars like Audis and Volkswagen, they right. have some uh, diesel motors. Right. But if you are, I, and I don't know if this is just related to trucks or all the cars that work with diesel, but there's a tax hmm. on it coming. So we're getting tax. To do the right thing? By, yeah. And on the other hand, I just read that they want to approve, of, I don't know how many billions of dollars to cover health care. For people without, uh, I think, like, that are totally illegal here, right? Because once you get, once you legalize them, you got to vote for me, right? Because we gave right. you health care. But at the same time, we're paying taxes. Right. And that money is going to cover them when we can barely afford yeah, our own health care. So, yeah, the health care is all messed up. But at the same right. time, you see that no one fights for it. Mm-hmm. Besides the people that go... You can see, like, Congress, people talking about it, but at the end of the day, whoever puts more money in their pockets, right? they're going to be like, okay, sound like a nice dream to right. have, but back to reality, right. I got to keep affording my life and right. all that kind of stuff, and it just turns so dark. Most people were, you know, myself included, you know, I'm checking out Facebook and seeing what somebody had for lunch and who's playing tonight. Mm-hmm. And I'm not really thinking about the bigger issues, you know. Well, the thing is, the if I think that in my case, for example, I started muting everything out when it was just overwhelming right. and it felt like it was a little bit of deja vu with uh, the situation that uh, was uh, rising in Venezuela when I decided to move mm-hmm. here, where you're left, I'm right, I hate you, fuck you. Right. That's it. We can't talk. There's no conversation. It's all yelling, insulting, back and forth, right. name calling and all that. So when it got to that point, I was like, you know what? I don't know if I want to, I don't want to keep listening to right, this stuff. Yeah, like, so all healthy. the social media outlets and all the platforms I just started reducing or just switching whatever I was following and since that's how the algorithm works you know if you're on the news all the time you follow CNN right. and ABC NBC all that that's where you're gonna get all the time sure. all the time when I'm following you and Sal and everybody yeah. and that's what I'm liking and right. always following 
I that's did what that I'm going to get. I did that you too. Know? So, you know, around around when the I'll say major event happened in, in mm-hmm. 2016, that's when I was completely engaged because I, you know, when I was up through my even through my 30s, I wasn't involved with politics. I didn't mm-hmm. really just sort of did my own life, lived in my little bubble with my long hair and my rock and roll and Mm-hmm. And I was just happy to be ignorant and, uh, you know, ignoring things because what I did hear about, I didn't like through that whole era too in the 90s with all of the wars and yeah. stuff for no reason I could think of. So, but, you know, then I slowly sort of got more interested in mm-hmm. wait a minute, what's going on here. And so I started voting and becoming more avid into it. But yeah, I had to do, after this large, major event that mm-hmm. happened in 2016, that just basically blew my mind that I realized I didn't even know or care or want to know mm-hmm. over half of this country. You know, yeah. like the kind of people that yeah. we have here, I feel like I'm just not the same kind of person as them. You know, like, just anybody that could could have done what what they did and if we're honest with ourselves most of the people are living like that you know it's not like it's just us because we're musicians and this and that it's most of the people are just like whatever you know crazy yeah whatever and then elections come and then there's like oh fuck now we have Obama for eight years and then the other side is like fuck now we have Trump for how long but, oh, all the time that everything was happening, we just weren't paying attention, yeah. you know? And it's always convenient if you have whatever, if you vote right and you have Bush for two periods, like, we're fine. You know, even if we're eating shit, but the Democrats are eating shit, too. And then it switches, and then the left is fine. Right. Even if we're going bad, but the right is having it bad, too. Everybody, so it's fine, you know? I don't know. I, I think that we've reached a level of of uh, just indecency now that where before a Republican or a Democrat they were at least a good person that mm-hmm. was you know not just blatantly being a horrible person you know what I mean so that's like in 2016 I realized how many people are actually okay with being a total fucking asshole. Oh, yeah. You know, and having that person run shit. You know, well, I, if you think about it, realize, like, social media has made that because now if I'm an asshole and I can step over you, everybody that's with me is going to look at you like, you're losing. Right. You know, you're losing. And I think what... What I dislike most about the whole process, it's how we, and when I say we, it's like I, I've never voted Republican. I don't consider myself a conservative. I consider myself very liberal, very uh, leaning, left-leaning. But we followed kind of like the hate speech and fell into it. And then at the highest level, when you're looking at your representatives and your congressmen, responding at that level that's only going to fuel you to be the same right and that's kind of like when i had that deja vu moment with venezuela it's like oh it's not let's figure it out Mm -hmm. is 
it's us it's and now yeah, yeah we are totally. against each other yeah and that's I think what i started we, pulling back too because I we we missed the opportunity of let's have a conversation let's right. meet in the middle right. you know and if we're engaged on our phones going at like oh look what this motherfucker tweeted yeah, 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 back yeah, at yeah. you bitch you know yeah, yeah, yeah. and it just goes and it stays in your head that's and how many when, people just like stays on there and just like fight and fight right. and fight and argues and then someone else chimes in and someone else chimes it's in it's just snowballing yeah you know? and that's totally. what I, I totally came to that conclusion too because i was i was wrapped up i'm just like okay i'm gonna fight the good fight and i'm gonna do something i'm gonna be a voice i'm not just gonna be another number that just doesn't have anything to do with it i'm gonna get involved and i'm still to that level where i will i'm going i vote and you know i try to speak out on what i think is right but as far as actually really taking it on as something serious, like we're really, you know, basically just a football team against their football team, mm -hmm. you know, that's when it's beyond solvable, you know. Totally. And I think we got to that place. And so mm -hmm. you're right, I did the same thing, unfollow, unfollow, unfollow. Yeah, you got to mute it just get back into, wait a minute, I love, what do I love? Music, I love art, I love beauty, I love, you know, the ocean, I love, you know, get into things that that are my true interests yeah. and, and stop fighting every single day mm -hmm. of my life. Cause that's when, yeah, you're, you're all that hate energy or all that disbelief or all that, you know, uh, that stuff just eats away. Your yeah. Soul. It charges it's, you it's such bad. negative energy. It makes you paranoid too. Oh, God. Cause now you're walking around you're like looking at people like, are you one of them? Yeah. And that's what happened, right? Like every time something happened, somebody will be like, Pfft. He probably voted for Trump, yeah. or oh, look at that one. He probably voted for Hillary. Right, right. It's right, like, right. why are we treating each other like yes, that? That's such dude. bullshit. We're better than this, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. But you know, times hopefully will change. I think, um, and we're gonna get into you know the 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 subject of um, of our superstar friend. Uh, Cody Lee. Oh yeah. When I was uh, I was talking to Sal and and he said something that was like so it had such an impact. He told me like it was like everybody's saying that's what Cody needed to be in that show, to have that great audition so everybody now can see him, sure. right? And Sal was like I think it's the other way around. That's what I think. The world needed Cody That's to look and reflect on yeah. that I, I totally and I was like more. damn that's so true because yeah. we're so lost in this nonsense bullshit world that that kid has made me cry more yeah than oh my god man well I when feel I, that that way too about him because you know he's just going along being awesome fun right happy Cody but what we're getting is a little shot in the arm of, hey, look at this. Right. Now, this is something we can all agree on. Mm -hmm. We can all agree that this is beautiful. Yeah. No matter who you are, it's, it moves your soul, you know? Totally. And, and it's it's like such a beautiful thing that's happening. And I'm so happy for him. Yeah, man. And, but, I, but just like Sal said, um, must have said, I just, I think it's like, what a great thing to come along right totally. now. It's totally. just what we all need is yeah. something to kind of go, hey, life is beautiful, man, you know? Yeah. And you can do great things. Totally. And, you know, especially if, you know, I don't even look at him as anybody that has a disability because all I see is major 
ability, you know what I mean? Yeah. And but yeah, it's it's just great. It's just it's an such amazing an amazing thing. thing. And just because, the fact that we get to know him right? is crazy. For us it's just like when when people like ask me uh, at jujitsu or at at the clinics where I work, where I do yoga, or people that come to my my private classes and they ask like, "Oh, you're a musician. You're probably gonna love this." Uh-huh. They pull their phones out yeah. and they look for Cody's right. video, right? Yeah. And I'm like, "Yeah, I've like I've I I've seen him like grow <laughs> and." I'm not surprised at all right. that he did that, right? Yeah. So for us, that's like, we knew he was just going to blow it out. And not because it was going to be taken as, oh, poor thing. No. You know? No, it's because he's amazing. He's amazing. Yeah. And that day, it was like, he was saving the best. When yeah. he hit those first notes, I was like, holy shit. And yeah. I started crying immediately. Yeah. Like, Wow. That is so, so beautiful to see that and to know that we're in a very, very tiny way, like part of it, that we get yeah. to witness it all the time and all the growth. I've been with him for years man, now, you know? Just, man, I, I, I will cool. never, never be short of, of compliments towards, towards a person like Sal. Yeah. How many people would have stepped aside, give, giving up, it was like, oh, this is too much work, whatever excuse, or on the other side, made themselves the face of it. Like, this is the Sal show, oh, and this is my buddy right. that, that plays, right? Right, he, right, 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 right. Typical Sal, selflessly, Humble. he put, yeah, he Humility, put him, yeah. it's like, this is his show, he's going to run it, he's going to do, I'm just going to open the window so sure. you guys can see it, and then, oh, man, it's been so... So beautiful ever since since Sal's it started. Been, you know, Sal does a lot, uh, you know, extra above and beyond kind of work, you know, to make that whole thing happen. And yeah. Everybody started tuning in. And it was the Cody thing. It was like once a week. And yeah. Get to see him do some songs and chime in and do some, you know, make some requests. And that was awesome. That was insane. I, that was my favorite part. Yeah. People would be like, do you know this song? And he'll look up. And yes, he does. Yeah, start playing the song. It's, yeah, it's. Yeah, a, I've never seen him be thing. stumped. He's, he always knows the song. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. That, that is. is so amazing. Oh my God. He's so challenging. Like it's it's such a challenge, man. That it was my, that my was gonna toes. be my next question. Yeah. Because I remember one day at uh at one of the wineries that you guys were playing with him and you had the the request bucket, right? Right. And toward and for the last set, Sal starts pulling out like songs and songs and he's just like do you know this song and he will just start right. playing it you guys are like catching up on, on your ipad do it's i know totally. this song try to listen I, I remember looking at steve and steve was playing bass for you guys that night and he's like okay i yeah. think it's in this key i'll just sure. follow along and see what, what we can do and that has to keep you like so sharp it's totally Right yeah. and listening to more music all the time. Yeah, and, and learning the songs that we are gonna do that we decide to do. Going okay, well we already know Cody's gonna have this shit down perfect, mm -hmm. so it's like I better right? get my homework done, man. <laughs> you know, I don't yeah. want to. I don't want to bum him out. You know, right? But um, it's just kind of like I I called it. It's like 
the most beautiful storm that you would like to be part of? Because mm-hmm. storm is always about the chaos and the sure. bad thing, but this is like the storm of you know attention and now because of social media and everything. But for you guys to be witnessing that, like not even not first row, but right next to him while you perform with right. him and you share the stage with him and everything. And knowing, having the, like, that insurance that this is how it's going to be with him. Right. You know, until if something crazy were to happen, but you guys get to witness that firsthand all the time. Yeah, I feel very, very lucky right now to be a part of this because it's, there's, it's always great to have a band with your buddies and, you know, and make cool music that you like and hang out and do all the stuff that bands do it's always great oh yeah it's cool and not that it doesn't have problems at all everything has some kind of problems but you know that's always the goal okay we're gonna get a great band together we're gonna do this and that and make a cool logo and get your shirts together but this is like such a different thing because it's uh you're i'm witnessing something that a historic event like this guy cody lee is just got just amazing gifts and yeah. I get to sit there and watch it firsthand like so close mm-hmm. like I have the best seat in the house yeah. I mean that's almost like I, I, sh- I owe him I gotta be paying for where mm-hmm. I get to sit and just watch him you know watch his fingers go on the piano yeah. it's like it's so amazing yeah that's truly something so so beautiful and so lucky that yeah, you guys are lucky. to be to be part of it it's it's I amazing yeah. i remember when my wife saw him the first time uh-huh. at the winery yeah, she's I like i i can't believe this and i'm like yeah mm-hmm. you better believe it it's insane right yeah yeah and it's just wow it's something breathtaking i feel when, like when you people watch haven't even really seen anything yet too, no because they saw that downey hathaway performance which to, to be honest i was i was like whoa like that was really like right. he knew mm-hmm. the pressure or you know he rose to the occasion like he knew everybody was watching because he dug down and really nailed it yeah i mean he always nails it but that was just something yeah amazing was mm-hmm. there he you captured know, the moment he, he with just the song. owned it man yeah. and but you know i've seen him go into you know i don't know bach and Mozart, all this, he knows all those classical pieces, and people haven't even seen that yet. That'll mm-hmm. blow your mind. Yeah. These, you know, 10 minute long classical pieces that he does. and Or, you know, we'll go and do a breakdown of a song and do, everybody will take a solo. And then when Cody's turn to, to do some soloing, you know, some like funky, bluesy piano soloing, it's like, what the heck, yeah. man? This dude's an animal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. He just goes for it. Yeah. That's like his performance. For us, it was, I mean, for me, it was surprising on how, I think, it was, he was making a statement that day, you know? It's not like, I'm here to sing a song. I'm here to make the world stop for a couple of minutes. And when he blew those first pipes, yeah, wow. It was like a, a, a shot of antibiotics to the world. Yeah, man. For, you know, all the, the hard stuff that everybody's been going through. And it's like, let's just, okay, put that over here for a minute. And yeah. Let's get back into, like, being a human being. 
totally totally appreciating the the beauty of of life the things that that people overcome or that people have to battle every single day and to see that like wow I better stop being a bitch and complaining yeah, every day. Me right? too, yeah, I hear you. I, I, I see that, like you say, I don't see that what he has is disabilities, what he has is gifts. Right. And I think with uh, his blindness, I think it's be- due to the situation that he's in, I think it's a great ability because he sees, he just feels what right. people gives him and people are just giving him just love man, oh and man. being thankful to him how many people saw that and were like you know what I'm gonna get my shit together Hell yeah. I'm gonna treat my kids better I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do that because if this kid can pull this off oh, yeah. I can fucking do it yeah, yeah. you know and I think yeah we're extremely lucky just to live on the time that to witness that right, right. you know right. let alone being so close to him and getting to chat and even jam and play with oh, him yeah. and, and all of that and I mean he's such a sweetheart props to his family oh, that they're the greatest. has worked so hard with him and the love that they give him everything man. yeah man right Derek you gotta hear him sing he's like I, I he haven't plays guitar he's, he oh that's his brother guys. right yeah, yeah. I, I thought Eric Eric's his dad is yeah. awesome. It's a black belt. I know. I mean, he's a yeah, total badass, t- sweetest t- guy ever. Tina told me uh, when when I met them that he was a black belt. That's cool. Tina's yeah. like, like, total natural going on live television, talking to the world about just and just like totally nothing. intelligent delivery. Yeah. You know. Non-trained, not prepared. It's just that's her. Just got it, man. That's her. Yeah, it's it's just beautiful. Yeah, like uh, Simon said, it's like what he noticed is their relationship. That's what is really cool too to see that kind of beautiful relationship. Yeah, that connection is is the drive. So cool, you know, because if she doesn't, if she's not there with him for him all the time, I bet you that can be something like Cody will be will feel like a little bit maybe yeah. loss or compromise maybe a little right. bit of fear or whatnot but yeah she's there and she does a great job totally. it's amazing because uh, I've, I've seen a lot of parents that basically go upon their lives like thinking like man what a burden to have a kid like this That's horrible. and then I see their kids and I'm like this is so unfair right. you know to to treat your kids like that and to have that approach in life you have to see every I mean after you have kids you realize that yep. it doesn't matter how they look how they behave whatever your kid is a blessing for your life yep. it's every single day they're teaching us the lessons the important yeah. lessons in life don't get mad about a fucking cup of juice no way, spilled dude. Yeah. oh dude like sometimes I'm like Okay, it's yeah, just man. it's just juice. Yeah, it's part just of life is juice. cleaning up, you know. You know, right? Like, right, and and to see the look on their little faces, like I'm so sorry. Yeah, I'm so they didn't sorry. Need it. Like, yeah. Terry taught me that phrase, and I'm like, okay, I need to put that in my head. What? It was an accident. Yeah, yeah. Everybody yeah. has accidents. Totally. You know, we're potty training them now through the night. Gotcha. And I feel my little daughter like she wakes up and she's like, Daddy, oh, I went to bed. That's so. That's such and a it's three o'clock in the morning. I'm like. Holy shit. And Terry's like, it's okay. 
Yeah. It's, we'll just change the bed. We'll change you. We'll wipe you. We'll clean you, and everything's gonna be all right. Don't worry you. about it. Yeah, it's totally like that. It's like, oh yeah. That's really cool, man. Yeah. So, and think about that, right? Your kid wets the bed. What's the worst thing that can happen? You don't have to deal with all the other things that other parents have to deal when they have kids. Right. You know, with limitations or right. disabilities. That's, that's oh, fucking yeah. tough. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. So Absolutely. that's. I think that it's what's more, even more inspiring from the story of Cody. Mm-hmm. How it's like you have never seen Tina defeated exhausted right. like oh my god I'm about to lose my shit it's always a smile on her face it's always let's go let's go let's yeah. go let's do this and that I mean it's that that's hard work because as a parent for a you know a kid that goes to auditions and all that it's a lot I but bet. this situation is a little bit more challenging and she's she has stepped up and like yeah, it's it's just it's like beautiful she's to made, see. It. She's built for it, you know. Yeah, she was. That's how she comes off. It can't be that super easy, you know. Yeah, totally. But she comes off like it's like okay, whatever it is, bring it. It <laughs> has to it. be right. So I was uh, listening to this podcast, and this guy uh, quoted. Um, who did he quote? He said, "Every man has two lives. The one that he lives." And the second one is when he realizes that he only has one life. And when you that's when you wake up. I think it was Confucius who said that. So now you're like, oh, this is how I'm living or this is what I'm doing. I better change this shit okay. and start living gotcha. for real, right? Because yeah, yeah. we get all these situations in life and depending on how we deal with them right. is how we really live right. our life, right? right, right. For example, for us, if we were to be only guided by the, I need to get a deal, I need to make millions of dollars, I need to be the next superstar, the next Michael Jackson, otherwise my life has no meaning, yeah, you're right, your life will have no meaning, but when you are presented with a situation, with certain circumstances, you're like, hmm. Maybe if I approach this differently, it will have meaning, right? Because we found our purpose, and I think it's a beautiful one. And not to, like, pat our own backs, but the things that we witness here with kids every single day. How long have you been teaching here? I think it's, I want to say, maybe seven years. Maybe more or less. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I think it's been around seven years. But yeah, I'm I'm super lucky that I get a job where I can affect uh, kids' lives in a positive way. Yeah, you know, and just give and them the way some it affects fun. our life. I mean, oh, it's 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 such a payday, you know. It's and, almost and, bullshit to call it a job, yeah, man. <laughs> dude, I mean, that's once I walk through the door, I don't feel like I'm. Oh, I have to go to work today. It's right. like I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. It's like the hub. Yeah. Where everybody is here and all the cool people are here and it's, it's fun. You know what I was just, jamming all day long. I was telling my son the other night because I worry about him. He's 11. And when I was 11 and I was starting to get around that age is when I really started getting depressed, you know. Like mm-hmm. my that's I've battled depression and anxiety all my life, you know. 
and then later alcoholism and so that's why I don't drink anymore and mm -hmm. I don't do any drugs or anything because I realized finally that that stuff doesn't work very it works for maybe a few hours but then once it runs out of your system and you go to sleep and then you wake up the next day you're twice as depressed right. as you were and so it's a it's just a downward spiral literally you know so I was talking to him and I'm I, I wonder, you know, about him and if he's going to be like me. Or, and so I don't know what we were talking about to get us into it, but something just struck me. And all the things that we want out of life or all the dreams we have, we would like to do these things, or all the way from everything that we'd want to do to I'm bored right now and there's nothing to do. Mm -hmm. And I don't, want, I don't know because I'm just bored and there's nothing going on. Or I want to go to Disneyland. Anything in between, right? Um, I'm trying to give him clues as to what the meaning of all of this is, right? Mm -hmm. And what I just thought of was after he and I were in the kitchen just laughing and doing, making dumb jokes and, and just being silly and stuff. And it, and it hit me and I said, hey, Ian, I'm all this right now. This is what it's all about. Right. And I like right now when me and you are goofing and me and you are together and we're talking to each other and I'm looking in your eyes and you're looking in my eyes, that's what it's all about. Yeah. It's the, it's about other people. You know, Connection. And that's what it's about. It's Connection. not about getting a Rolex, dude, or, or yeah. a Lambo. And I'm sure he'd love to have both. My son's funny like that. You know, he likes... I'm like, you better get a good job, man. Right? If you like, I, I can't get if you, you have that taste. But, you know, so hopefully that'll sink in. And, and I, mean, I mean, he seemed like he got it, you know. But I'm I'm telling him that so I can hear it myself, you know. Because to be reminded of that. Like, yeah. All these dreams we have, all these things we'd like to try. I'd like to do, go ziplining in Venezuela or whatever, you know. But how much does it cost for a plane ticket? And, oh, can I take up work? And all the reality of that getting in the way of doing that. Yeah. It's just a constant game. And sometimes you win. Sometimes you're out in front. You know, sometimes you're at the back of the pack, you know. Yeah. The thing about it is that we have all the shortcuts and, uh, like, the quick fixes right. to do certain stuff, right? Because you go online tonight and you go and look for a package. Zip lining for a family of three to Costa Rica. Let's say airfare, the Airbnb, the tour to, the, to pay for the package of the zipline experience and everything comes up to $4,000. Okay. And you look and maybe you don't have the money, but you can apply for a credit card. Monthly. And if you have yeah. good credit, they send you one with, let's say, $5,000 to start. And you're like, Holy hell. there's the trip. Yeah. Right there. <laughs> so you fixed it. Right. You're like, I can do it. Right, right, right. But now for the next three years, oh you're going to have to be paying that right. card. And then right. no other dreams can come in the middle. Right. Otherwise, you're going to resort to the same shit. Isn't that crazy? Well, I go and get another credit card. Right. And now I'm paying these two, but Welcome I get two vacations. Exactly. The yeah. American dream, right? Yeah. We got American into that. Dutch. Yeah, into that trap. That's very crazy. And you're always, I think... We became too self-conscious to step back because we always have the fear of, oh, I'm going to be less, right? Let's say you take uh, an account like 
all your bill, like your monthly nut, right? right? You pay this in car. If your wife has a car that adds up a second bill, your mortgage or your rent, your utilities, all of that. If we were to say like, all right, if I don't have a mortgage, I can step out of a rental agreement, right? Whenever the lease right. is up. And how can I be more minimalistic? Have less accommodations, have less, um, not property, but material things, mm -hmm. and live a simpler life, right? right? Couch surf in Hollywood, Band yeah, traveling in a van. Yeah, now a you have a family, right? So, but still, you can do like tiny houses, uh, right. an RV, whatever idea it is that you can minimalize everything that's that has to do with. I'm married. I have a family. I own a house. I own my cars. Everything I've paid for. Right. But what if you had a simpler kind of life? And even us, it's not like we boast on buying equipment and fancy things for our houses and we live have this crazy lifestyle and still every month we're probably dealing with like okay we're gonna be okay it's tight it's not right as probably as we want to be but if we took a step back right but that's almost like the idea of being a ceo and then being demoted to like we're gonna take you and make you manager of a branch, but you're not gonna be running right. the whole thing. It's like we're demoting ourselves to like a lower position in like the ladder of success because everybody is like, oh, I have a house and I just bought a new car and right. all that. And it's always like unconsciously, we're always like keeping with the Jones. Sure. You know? Oh, in, cer in certain ways. Even though we want to like step back and be more chill right. and not think about the material things, if somebody were to tell you tomorrow, like, how about you move from your house into a trailer? Right. You'll be like, sounds awesome, but no, thank you. You know, and a lot of people are doing it, and other people are like, nope, I will not. Well, we don't you have know? to buy into. What everybody's selling, because in America we're all that selling yeah. each other stuff. Yeah. Buy my thing, nineteen ninety nine, not twenty bucks. It's nineteen ninety nine because mm -hmm. we know that's a psychological trick that I want to play on you because right. that's how much I care about you. Yeah. You know, is I want to sell my shit to you. Yeah. And which is good. Capitalism is great. It's freedom. You know, and yeah. we're all able to start our own businesses, and that's hell yeah. That's like the only way I see it. Yeah. Um, coupled with being ethical and moral people, you know, that's when it's to me the greatest. Yeah. You know? But you're right, man. Just because everybody's selling something doesn't mean we need to buy it. Totally. And I don't need it, you know. Yeah. I I don't need every. I just what do I really need? And I kind of got what I really need, and I just try to keep myself in check on what I want. You know, but there is, like you said, you can go get that credit card, man. And yeah. but probably instead of getting the credit card, you could call up the company and say, "Can I make uh, monthly payments on that?" Yeah. What's the interest? Oh, it's only five percent. Okay, cool. So yeah. for the next three years, I'm gonna have this much a month. All right, I think it's doable. Let's do it. That's so there you, you go. There about. is like you uh, can yeah. do whatever yeah. you want. It's totally. really cool. But but you're right, man. I might I do I definitely relate with 
the Joneses, you know, and that was sort of instilled in my head, you know, a long time ago. It's like you look over there at the neighbors, got this new bitch in car, and you're like, hmm, they're fucking doing it, man. What is that? What are they doing? Yeah. You know, they're, they're better than me somehow because they got this car. Yeah. And it, it took, like, a long time for me to realize, like, wait, then I get a car, and then I'm like, okay, um, this is cool. But then, you know, you're kind of bored after a year or whatever. You just get used to it. You get used to it, and it's not as big of a deal anymore. And so now you're thinking, okay, so when I see that car over there, that new guy's neighbor, that new neighbor's car, yeah, he's going to, he'll be sick of it after. It's not that big of a deal. Totally. It's just a fucking car, you know? totally. And thank God that it's now, it's finally, as I'm older now, it's like I kind of feel like, I'm out of the rat race of like trying to get what the jo- what somebody else has. Yeah, you know? it starts to sink in you. Like, oh, okay, it's okay. It's okay. It's totally okay. Yeah. I'll it's get totally it eventually fine. if I really want it. But if I really, you know, it's like I'm not going to kill myself over it, man. I'm right. not going to work my my fingers to the bone. Just, I mean, I've seen guys like where they don't have an apartment, but they have a Mercedes. And yeah, they have nowhere to sleep, mm-hmm. but they, they got sleep the in car. their cars. Yeah. That's the story of, uh, what's it? I think his last name is Banks. He's a um, celebrity trainer. He mm-hmm. came out with a bunch of videos about doing like Tybo and stuff like okay. that. Yeah, I vaguely His idea was like, okay, I'm going to move to L.A. and I'm just going to start training celebrities. Okay. So in order to do that, I need, you know, my presentation card has to be my right. car, my my clothes, and right. my appearance, and then once I get them to work out, they'll be like, "Oh, I'm working with this sure. guy. Look at this guy. Right. The guy's driving the Benz, and he was sleeping in his car for like the first six months, so he started getting clients and making money, and then he got like an apartment and all right. that. But all the money that he had, he was spending it on where the lease in the car, paying for the car, sure. if well, he you bought know, it cash or whatever. I applaud that. And when you're younger yeah. and you're and you're just starting out, I've mm-hmm. done that where I move into a one bedroom apartment in North Hollywood with three other dudes who my band. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, where the dining room table normally goes, that's my bed, and just put up the Marshalls, and that'll be the wall. <laughs> right. You know. And then okay, well we oh, I smoke, you smoke, so me and him are gonna take out here. You're over there by where the TV's supposed to go. That's your bedroom. Yeah. And fuck it, you know. Yeah. Let's just put everything we got into this, yeah. you know. And. I got a job catering in the day so I can get some free food for us. Oh, know? that's awesome. You know, and just bought a giant box of pasta and a big thing of ragu and let that last for as long as it does. Right. Top ramen. And so I, I definitely applaud that that guy for doing that because he had a dream and he wanted to fulfill yeah. it. Sometimes you got to suck it up and do something uncomfortable, you know, to, totally. to make it. But as far as now... I got a wife, I got a kid, I have things that I need to pay for, yeah. so, which I'm, and I love, I'm so happy that I have all this, I'm so grateful and, and lucky to be where I'm at, you know, yeah. and so now, it's not worth it to do stuff like that, you know, I don't need the new Tesla right now, Yeah, because I need to, in order I to do it, you're going to have to make your family go through that, certain circumstances that yeah, they're not, not gonna do accustomed that. to, no. like, hey man. This is not how we were doing it, baby. What's going anymore. on? That's how it was when I first, when I first had my my baby boy. It's like, 
instantly it was like, oh, well, fuck me. Yeah. It's not about me anymore. I got to yeah. do for this dude. Mm-hmm. It's all about that guy, yeah. you know, which is kind of a nice relief out of because uh, of all the pressure I used to put on myself, you know. And now it's like instantly any dreams or goals or that's all secondary, man. It's just vanished totally. right away. And not that it was perfectly easy, but, you know, jumping out on the road in a van with barely making any money just so you can do the rock star life. Yeah. Fuck that. I, I just was like, I'm not doing that. Man, I don't want to miss one day of this. Guy. Yeah, not anymore. It's just it's totally different. There's also the the fact that the industry changed so much and the way that it just like just self destroyed. Sure did. You know, because yeah. of the greed of That's true. labels, That's true. producers, managers, agents, all kinds they of stuff. They all had to be in a roles and a Bentley just because what, you found a, a band that became famous? Totally. Yeah, and now it's more about the artist being able to profit out of their own, Good you know, job. like, you do it however you want to do it. Like, well, Billie Eilish, uh-huh. she just started putting songs on YouTube Hell and yeah. recorded with her brother. Her brother's good at recording yeah. and listening to stuff and writing stuff. I don't know, she came top. out, what, like two years ago, yeah. something like that, and she was already playing Coachella and one of the big stages. That's, and that's, So we, we got rid of, by the... The industry, quote unquote, crumbling and self-destructing, and all these people not being able to get super rich yeah. by barely doing anything anyway anymore. That means that it went to more of a pure thing, like you're saying. Is yeah. you can buy this or even download Audacity on your computer for free mm-hmm. and be able to record. And if you're good, the cream will rise to the top. Yeah. You know, if it's a good song. It's gonna kind of spread like wildflower, or you know, and be a viral thing, and now everybody wants to come see that person play, totally. and it's isn't that great. Yeah, I heard of a band that they release a demo on YouTube and on Spotify, uh-huh. and like in four months they were playing the Conan O'Brien show. Fucking amazing, right on. You know, That's no chaos. label, no agent, yeah. nobody in the and no middleman, right. which is getting a big chunk. Right. If we're talking about money, you know, and the other thing, they're controlling your schedule. It's all ran under their agenda sure. and whatever works for them. It's like, oh, 11 dates on a row. Yeah, he can do it. Right. He can do it. It's not going to shut his voice. He'll do it. Right. He's getting paid. He can't complain. Right. And you just have to follow. Right. Nowadays, if somebody were to tell me like, hey, we're going to schedule you a tour. It's like, okay, sit down, baby. Right. Do you have room for my wife and my two sure. daughters? Oh, Can no? they come okay. and visit yeah. all the time? Right. Am I going to have time in between certain dates to come and see them so I'm not away from them for more than a week or so? Yeah. You know, that's kind of like what uh, Dave Grohl does now and the guys yeah. from Metallica too. They're like, all right, let's see what are the dates available. We're going to play this week. We'll do three shows, four shows. Right. We fly back home. We stay one week, two weeks with a family. So now there's not like the European leg of the tour, 30 dates and fucking 40 days. Which is going to, like, they probably learned from, you know, back then is what fucked them all up in the totally. first place. Totally. Those like guys, kind of schedule. one record, two years on the road. Right. Like, damn, how can you do it's that? Crazy. It's insane. Like uh, Robbie Robertson from the band, the band, I don't mm-hmm. know, for people that don't know 
uh, what I'm talking about, there's a band called The, the band. band. And uh, Robbie Robertson said, right when those guys were breaking up, I think they were together 14 years, and their fans were like, why don't you just do one more year so you can be like 15 years, like at least, you know? And he's like, look, it's just a goddamn impossible way of life. And I thought, wow. It's hard. You know, and then you start, you go in and you start seeing how it is. And at first, you're just running on adrenaline because it's, oh my God, we're doing what we want to do, what we always want to do. But then you start seeing what he's talking about, you know? It's uncomfortable to be gone from home, you know? It's, totally. And, and I know a guy who had a huge hit song off of a record, and he basically waited till he had a million dollars in the bank and, and he told the, he told the label to fuck themselves and nice. he's out <laughs> went, went and bought a studio invest my money do yeah. something else and now he just produces and writes and does his own thing because they were doing they Is were happy by any chance the guy from um oh man i forgot the name of his band um i don't know if it's the same guy uh don't go yes. out. You got the That's music the in you. It's him. <laughs> I think I, I read something about him where he's like, all right, I made this amount of money. I don't need the pressure yeah. to be going on the road yeah, making another album yeah. and all that. I'll start producing. And he started producing a bunch of people and all that. So, yeah, that's how Isn't it that is. Cool? It's awesome yeah. because I think that what keeps most people, especially entertainers, on it is that adrenaline of feeling, having to feel wanted, having to right. feel that the thing like, oh my God, you're so amazing, oh, the adulation yeah. and all that. Because you have to you, face it's it. It's the song that they're digging. Yeah, Being yeah. on stage with people looking at you yeah. and you're looking at them and they're just like, their jaws are open when you're playing a solo, when right. you're hitting this note. That shit takes you up to stratosphere. Yeah. But when the high is not a couple of people in the club or at a, this small venue, it's 20,000 plus. Wow. You're playing Wembley Stadium in front of 80,000. How do you come down from that? Right. You know? It takes a special And everything is like, all right, what do we do now? Right. All more of that. I think that's when bands are like, we have to do more? We have to get bigger? How do we get yeah, bigger? Dude. You know? Like, imagine Kiss back in the day. I think KISS has to be, you know, Beatles, Led Zeppelin, Rolling Stones right there. They have to be the top five of the most famous, famous. and followed bands along history, sure. right? Because you show any, any kid today in any country, this is KISS. Yeah. And they'll look at those guys with makeups like, yeah, wanna, play that. Yeah, I want to do that. What and if, that? They, if they're into their music, they're like, oh, my God, new fans. Right. They're like 70 years old making new fans, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. reunion tour number 75. It's like, here we go again. But how do you get bigger than Kiss? Right. And they hit it huge when there was no social media and they were selling toys, action figures, movies. They were making movies about them, all that kind of stuff. And then it's just like, all right, now what do we do? We're six years old, we're fat, we're uglier, and what are we going to do? The manager's like, let's do a reunion tour. Yeah. What? Yeah. I can't deal with this shit. No, don't worry about it. Each well, show, 
you're going to get paid more than you ever yeah. got paid. You you're know? already so rich. I mean, you know, I think that that band has, you know, it's basically down to two of the original four members. And it's because the other guys, you know, it, it, all of it got to them, you know, mm -hmm. with trying to stay up for each gig and then the crash down from that yeah. shit. And, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think it just must be at this point super fun for them still. Because you don't need the money. Out. They, they can't yeah. need any money. It's just yeah, gonna you be, don't hey, have. let's go play. It's been a few months. I'm kind of bored. I want to go jam out. Let's go do it. Book a book Dodger Stadium. Right. You know. Sold out in 15 it's minutes. Crazy. Boom. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, that's that's it's crazy. But you know, it's like uh, usually the ones who don't die from the drugs and alcohol that get sober from the drugs and alcohol that learn what's really important in life maybe have a family or just are more centered than I ever was or you know a lot of those guys are can keep doing it for so long you know because you got to realize that adulation you're getting is it's because the song is great and it's because a lot of people worked on the song and it's because the lighting guy we have is amazing at making the stage look incredible and the stage is above where the crowd is, so that's an element. And so it's many energy. things are going on that all these, like a perfect storm of beautiful, yeah. of, of, of live music or live concert, that that's what makes people in the crowd cheer. You know, it's all of those things combined. It's not because that guy is such a great person Right. You know that person playing yeah. guitar. It's no, it's not. He's probably it's not a like you, man. major it's, asshole. Yeah, you could be a total <laughs> dick. You know, it's just it's it's all of it's working together, and anybody should feel, you know, completely grateful and a little bit humbled by whenever you are in a situation where you're playing, and it's clicking and it's working. You know. I think that's why it's so hard for fans to understand, right? Like why bands break up, right? Because you're not there in the whole. The struggle of the egos. Yeah. When you're on your third, fourth album, yeah. and now I want to write more songs than you. It's like okay. Oh, I want to play more solos than you. Right. I want to sing. Oh, how many songs? Twelve. No, let's make it thirteen. Oh, so okay. I sing one more song. All right, man. Or I have yeah. one more credit, right? And but then the other one's like, no, let's do fourteen. Right, then. right. And then the drummer's like, hey, I wrote a song too. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah. fuck you. You don't write right, songs. Dude. Shut up. And we're not in that. And and as fans, right? No. I think the Eagles are one of those bands. Such great talent coming from every different direction, but at the same time, clashing personalities, totally, yeah. egos, so, so much as at stake, and then it crumbled. Yep. And then you, when you look at that documentary, the history of, of the Eagles, you can tell, it's like, these guys are not willing to take a step back and say, I'll do it for the band, okay? Right, right, right. You know, and when they did it, it was literally, I fucking need the money, so I'll just shut up, put right. my tail between my legs, and go and play the gigs. Right. So the other two guys are like, yeah, we fucking got him yeah. to bend and break, you That's know? Great. It's not that communion anymore, yeah. because that family thing, it went to like, you know how it is in couples. When you end the fight, or an argument with fuck you, mm -hmm. that's where the next argument starts. Sure. Remember when you told me to go fuck myself? Yeah. Oh, oh no. shit. I don't remember. And 
with bands, it's just like that, and it keeps escalating yeah. until, I don't know if you ever had to witness it or were involved in it, but when it's four dudes in a room, a fist fight is going to break at oh, some yeah. point. Yeah, it's going to be more than arguments, sure. a fucking guitar flying, yeah. a plum, like an, an oasis. Oh. The singer threw a plum at his brother, oh and God. he's like, I find that very threatening, so I'm going to fucking quit the band. Oh, my God. But you have to think, like, how many times they got to a point of almost killing themselves right. that you know you're walking on thin ice already. Right. So if you don't check your ego, you know that the next fight could be the last one, and, yeah. and that's it. But you keep pushing that's and pushing, and boom, there you go. It's that you know? classic battle, human battle, that, that shows up in music and just you know if you if you ever find a band that you think is cool just be happy that they're at least together and able to make that music right. and if you like that first album you know realize yeah. there might not be a second album because it's hard just to have four or five or two or three people work together yeah you know let alone over a series of years you know to agree on everything yeah you know like and every single relationship if you don't learn how to compromise, it can't go your way all the time. Right. You know? And at the same time, if you don't learn on how to, like, set boundaries and say, like, okay, listen, I let you get a handle of the things, but you need to slow the fuck down because you're right. just running me over all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looking at me like a pushover, and right, I'm right. a big part of this, too. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. we have to even the field, and sometimes you're going to be right, sometimes I'm going to be right, yeah. sometimes black and white we need to shade it down to gray and meet in the middle Dude, right. and i think that's the hardest part yeah for people because if you're on one of the extremes where you always want to uh, you know you always it's my way or the highway right. or your way to like okay let's right. not have conflict let's just have it your way it's that's still not going to work yeah true. you have to fight the conflict has yeah. to exist so it, it finds that resolve. Dude, I dig that. Man. You it's know? Really, it's kind of cool because you're sort of pointing out to embrace the rough edges and, and the rough... Totally. The rough waters in your journey. You know, it's like it's not going to be completely smooth. Water's gonna, not going to be glass, you know? And Can't it's going to get bumpy, but it's still worth the trip, you know? That's kind of cool if you think of that. It ties up with uh, the whole political situation, you know? If you can't talk to someone that's not only talk but listen to them right. on why. Why are you following this pattern or this leader or this ideology? Right. And instead of bashing, it's like, well, fuck you because you vote for that person or you follow that ideology. It's like, I want to know why. Totally. And then I want you to listen to me and understand why. Beautiful. I follow this path, right, and right. maybe we can reach an agreement. Right. But I, I, you know, I think ego is just our worst enemy because ego is the chatter that wins all the time. Yeah, but <clears throat> when you are given in, your ego's telling you like you're being smashed. Yeah, he's you're less winning. Than. He's yeah. winning. Yeah, so right. there's no like. Oh, now you feel all defeated, and you're like, oh, I'm a pussy. I got pushed over again and whatnot. But resolving things, you always have to compromise. Not always, but sometimes you're like, all right, 
I see your point, you know? Yeah, I agree. I, I, I can't slap you on the face every day. I'll sure. stop. Yeah, every yeah, other yeah. day is fine. Okay, sure. all right. <laughs> That's so funny. So now I want to ask you, because you mentioned, you know, uh, your struggles with uh, depression, and then I um, imagine that the drinking became heavy when you were on tour. Yeah. Do you find it, when you look back at it, was it uh, just like the norm that people will just follow into it's like oh if you're a rock star you have to be like a bad boy you have to drink you have yeah. to sleep around do all that or do you think it was for some people it's more like because and i can relate to the um depression situation we find that to be like this is what's going to keep me out of the gray thinking the gloomy like, thing. you know like yeah when you're depressed it's like all right i'll be the clown of the party i'll yeah. drink and i'll do all that stuff happy. yeah instant happy act, act happy yeah, yeah, yeah. instead of being happy act happy so they can nobody's worried right because you see that every even with kurt cobain right like all the musicians that were not even close to him but like kind of like toured with him or right. kind of knew him was like was i surprised no I was sad, but surprised, no, because I saw him. I saw it coming miles away. Okay. When you're in, like, the middle of the storm, was it the times, you know, the 90s, was it, because I didn't experience it here in the States, was it, like, this heavy feeling that being depressed was almost like, this is the trend that we have to follow, so they yeah. pay attention I or was it more just like, hey, that's what the Rolling Stones did, right? right. Get high every day and yeah. sleep with as many chicks as they did, and they're still alive, so let's fucking do it. Yeah, yeah, I think it was maybe a little bit of everything, but in the 90s, I remember distinctively saying to myself regarding the music, like, oh, God, it's all so depressing. You know, because I, it's like, come on. I was into other bands. And like your Journey music and, is like on the total oh, different yeah, yeah spectrum and being related to and touring with Weezer and, yeah. you know, being close to River and all those guys. They're not, they were not on that well, Seattle super. I know here it's kind of, it's definitely, it's because, let me see here. What do I, because if you listen to their music, it's, yeah, a lot of up major keys and happy sounding stuff mm -hmm. but with a tinge of things must be really fucked up for them to write this you know it's, mm, I always saw it as I always thought that he would be a great comedian yeah he's a funny dude the lyrics are just yeah. the fucking song about my sweater and stuff yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. like who would write that yeah, kind yeah. of shit it's fucking hilarious but you know you always have the line about this bottle of Stevens uh -huh. awakens ancient demons mm -hmm. like father stepfather your son is drowning in a flood yeah fuck I get that too you know and I don't want to like you know speak on his life or anything but I feel like I relate you know to growing up in an alcohol-infused household, mm -hmm. you know? And uh, and then, you know, you wind up doing the same thing when you're older, you know? So, yeah, but as far as all the music from the 90s, during that time, I was... I think I was actually sober for most of that time. But, 
I felt like, oh my God, yeah, I've had depression as a kid and found <laughs> antidepressants and stuff to help me through it. But I don't think that I was ever like cheering that kind of thing. I was like, come on, let's fucking stop. Let's learn how to stop being depressed. Mm-hmm. Like, right? Jesus Christ, you know? Not just write music that's purposely sloppy and fucking so angry and and then when things got into like the corn and the limp biscuit and that whole thing i was like ah fuck music's over <laughs> this is shit you know what i mean this it fucking is. tuning guitar down all so low and cookie monster singers i mean i just thought this is fucking ridiculous i don't even want to be a part of this and so i i didn't i was like i'm just gonna go back to my first thing which is blues you know mm-hmm. and, and country stuff and and that kind of thing but yeah so no i wasn't i wasn't too happy about the state of music at that time in the 90s but it's ironic because i do deal with depression and i realize what these guys are doing maybe it's was hit too close to home it's like guys what was the feeling when you start seeing these guys are almost dropping like fucking yeah flies? i was You're like lane andy from yeah. mother love bone kurt cobain made me just realize I'll never ever want to try heroin right because you know why <laughs> I'll sure. love it I know I will you know so I can't ever do that because yeah. I'll be one of those guys in two seconds you know and let's my, do more my yoga let's instructor more. Uh, was was talking about drugs and heavy use of drugs and I don't know if he was no he was telling that one of his Buddies, who was a script, uh, a screenwriter with him in LA, they used to write for Star Trek, for the the, the TV show. Um, He was very curious about Mm. heroin, Mm. and he so he asked his his friend. He's like, "So, what is it?" And the guy told him, "It's literally like to put a white blanket on top of you, and every nothing else matters." And he's like, "All right." That sounds so lovely. I wow. can't fucking try that. Wow. I will not try heroin in wow. my lifetime because that sounds way, way too amazing yeah. to just get lost like that. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I have that's... a little secret deal in my head that I say to myself is that when I'm 88 <laughs> and, I, and I get a little cabin up in Grants Pass, Oregon, right, right by the Applegate River, and I got a German Shepherd, and everybody, oh, it's like I'm the only person left alive that I care about, and, or that you know I don't have anybody. I was like, eh, maybe I'll try it then. No, it's now's the time. Never can, yeah. never can yeah. do it. Scared, yeah. petrified. But you know, I mean, uh, so no, I've 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 tried to, and then here's the thing with the. It depends on the guys you're running with, right? Because yeah, totally. we were, in, when I was in AM radio, we all drank, you know, we, we all tried not, but we tried not to over drink, you know, we tried to just do what was like, don't get too fucked up, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And watch ourselves. And we had enough kind of eyes on each other, um, you know, and sometimes it'd be like, okay, I got to slow down, you know, and I'd be trying to police myself and stuff. But when I got into this other band, Sherman, because uh, AM radio eventually we lost our deal on Electra. Right, close the um, door. Is someone uh, out there? Oh. What do you think in there?
So you guys lost the the deal with Electra. Someone's taking a picture. <laughs> oh fuck. Yeah, that was when you know the the it was like 2004, and uh, everybody was doing a lot of downloading for free. Bear Share, Kazaa, Wi LimeWire. Uh, Fucking LimeWire you know, destroyed some. I know, but I, I actually was on there too, man, because I couldn't afford right. eighteen dollars for Damn, a CD. It just became and too much. My you know, people would hit me to new bands like Cursive or you know, with Bright Eyes or Ben Queller and a bunch of fucking cool-ass bands, and I'm like, I love this, and I want to list, I need to, like, devour this music, but I can't, I can't afford, afford that. I can't afford to buy it, yeah, totally. You know, and, and so, of course, I made compilation CDs galore for myself, One and then the when our thing was out, like, it's... You would get all these demos, acoustic versions, oh, totally. live versions, bootlegs, awesome. all kinds yeah. of stuff, like, Beautiful. I remember I had collections like music for months yeah of all my favorite bands and it was like red hot chili peppers live in slain castle live in totally. madison square garden live in the hollywood bowl live here it's like 10 different concerts I was there and then i started looking i'm like it's the same fucking set list that right. they're playing for the tour and i have it and 10 yeah 10 different Places but, or, or whatever. You know, I mean, that's just, that's, they be, it just became where, you know, someone who's a music lover, like, you know, we got to get our hands on that shit. I got to hear it, man. Yeah. And, uh, and the label is making so much money because what does it cost, like a nickel or something to, to make a CD? I think and they're Stain charging $18 for it. It's came crazy. out with a block. That you couldn't oh. put the your CD on the computer and download oh, the files. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, but still, too so, little, yeah. too late. Right? Yeah, somehow people were like, "Forget about it, dude. Yeah. We're gonna do it anyways." The guy from Napster, he broke the mold. He was like, Psst. "Yeah, fuck you guys." And but what, as a musician, what I can understand is those times, right? If you're making ten million, your label's making thirty out of you. Oh, sure. Right. Right. So now, when the only revenue that you have or your biggest revenue is CD sales, and those are the albums that you're selling, and you're taking that away from the artist, that's when it becomes like, oh, man, it is, it right. is totally shitty. But then how about we knock it down? Right. You're already fucking rich, both right. of you, label and artist. Right. You don't have to charge 18 bucks. Right. And for more than the fans like... You know, the booklet, the stories, the yeah. pictures, the studio thing that. and all that. That's amazing, but let's simplify it. Now we have websites. Yeah, yeah, Put yeah. it on the website. Yeah. You don't need to yeah. sell us a history book of the whole process sure. in the of the of the making of the album. Just look at it on their website. Yeah, do little snippets and now Save you, some you trees, can do that on uh, yeah, right, on YouTube and you don't have to charge all this money. Right. But what they do is this is the album. This is the album with two demos that didn't make the cut, yeah. but we're still going to give it to you. There it is. If again. it didn't make the cut, why do you right, want right, to give right, it to right. us? If they weren't good enough to be singles or in the well, original, you know, so they're dollars. tricking you. Yeah. yeah and then you yeah. get the extra, the special, the limited box totally. with all this stuff. And then 
real real fans that are like in the fan club and all that are paying 80 bucks for the special box that it's literally giving you what Napster and LimeWire and BearShare were giving you unedited version acoustic version just guitar and vocals and blah 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 now they're giving it to you in a CD who the fuck buys CDs anymore yeah like people now you want to hear a song that I recorded yeah, I'll text it to you in a little bit. Right. You know, exactly. that's how we share files. Like, yeah. imagine back in the 80s. Dude, I bought the new fucking Guns N' Roses album. Oh, I don't have it. Let me mail it to you. Right. Are you kidding me? You can't mail vinyl. It's going to break. Some right, shit right, like right. that's going to happen. Now it's like, dude, have you heard this shit? No. Yeah. Let me. While we're talking, I can text it to you. Isn't that crazy? Is the fucking world yeah. is insane. So it took a little bit of time to get used to the new way, but... Now I think things have, like we said, it's made it easier to get your band out there. Yeah. You know, you don't have to be one of ten bands on a label. You know, you can get it out there. And that's really a beautiful thing. You know? Totally. And, yeah. Because you guys has to, had to live that too, right? You're with this band, and then months later you come back, and you look at the label, and there's four other bands that all the other dudes look like you, they dress like you, they sound like you, they're using wear like the same equipment and everything. You're like, they're just fucking cloning the shit out of us. Well, that's what they do. I mean, you if, know? if you have a Nirvana, then and you're you're on a you're a different label. If you're Atlantic and and Geffen has Nirvana and they're selling a lot, then what are you gonna do? I'm gonna go look for a blonde haired kid, right? Three piece. Let him maybe turn him, teach him how to play his guitar backwards. So, and give him a green sweater, too, right? And tell him to you know make so it more like Nirvana, yeah. and, you know. And but then all the kids learn the Nirvana songs, so they're all sounding like Nirvana anyway. Totally. And so, but yeah, you know, it's just like if blue sports cars are in, then and I'm gonna make I'm gonna make my own and try yeah. to sell it too. That's just what happens. I met this cat in Florida, and. We were trying to put a, a band together, and he told me he had a band right the month before Nevermind came out. Right. They were signed, they were recording this album, and it was all prog rock. Hmm. Like Genesis, but a little bit heavier. Right. And the producer was loving it. I Everybody bet. was like, dude, this is awesome. He is an amazing guitar player, so his souls were just flooring. He played wow. me some of the of the demos. And they're recording. They're, you know, they have this contract. They have the studio rented for this allotted time. You know, like they used to do before. Like, oh, yeah, let's rent a mansion up in Beverly oh, yeah. Hills and record there and whatnot. A fucking castle in Ireland and Dig go it. and record, right? The budget was insane. So these guys are finishing the album. And uh, Nirvana hits. And the guys, they were like the top next launch for this label, right? This is the next band that's going to floor everybody. Their songs are amazing. Fucking executive from the label comes down to the studio. He's like, tell those guys... Cut the synth, cut the synth, no samples, the drummer can't use any triggers, none of that shit, everybody has to start wearing flannel, every guitar has to sound distorted, and the guy has to sing like he's fucking pissed and crying and mourning. Totally, totally like, switch it, and 
the agreement was like, all right, you can keep your music, but we don't give you money. So that's basically what they got out of that deal. They got to get equipment, play the nice equipment, play in the nice studios, do a couple like showcase and they gigs. Kept the masters. And I yeah, they, they, they kept had, the they, they gave them they the kept they kept the music but okay. they didn't get any fucking money for Thanks it. for the demos, man. Yeah. Later. That's like he has a Les Paul, like a one of those Holy Grail fifty nine yeah, yeah. or something like that. And he's like, that's... That's a shame. Yeah. You know, have some balls and put the band out. Yeah. Why can't a grunge band and a prog band exist in the same... Totally. ...time frame? Totally. I think, you know, if but it's great, it's great. If the music's good... Fuck it. I mean, like, we'd never stop listening to Pink Floyd because sure. Nirvana came along, right. you know? Yeah. Mu when music's good, it's going to be good for fucking ever. Right. But that's when it became people's just... Year if it's not going to, oh, I don't think this is going to be hip happening. You know, even David Gilmour said uh, to try to guess what the public's going to like is a fool's game, you know? So well, you might totally. as well do what's in your heart. Well, yeah, because if you're going to cater to people or if you sit down and you're like, all right, I need to write my own version of Stairway to Heaven. Right. You're going to waste a lot of time. People are going to point it out and just be able to identify that totally as, it's know. like oh because you're gonna write it like step by step you're gonna write the slow intro and sure. acoustic and then you're gonna start building up the songs like oh you even wrote it in the key of a yeah yeah you're so stupid yeah, why would yeah, you yeah. do that so obviously you just have to write what comes out yeah. and if they like it they like it sure. if not fuck it yeah you yeah, know yeah. if the beatles would have shied from all those happy songs, all we need is love, love is all we need, love me do, it's all about love and connection. If they would have thought about it, they'd be like, no I Beatles. I like that, it's all about love and connection. That you know, it's like, they, they wouldn't have done anything, if yeah. you think about it, right? Because people really like, love, fucking everybody wants to go to war, why would you right, write about right, love? Right, right, right. Uh, exactly. Right. You know, doesn't it make fucking sense? I was talking to Sal about that. About, it almost sounds cliche, because I hate, like, you know, there's rock and then there's grunge. Post-grunge. Hardcore, blah, blah, blah. Pre-post-grunge. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. But I'm into, like, conscious music right yeah, now. That's you know? Cool. Like, I love listening to bands that really uplift me. Music. Beautiful. And even, like, trying new stuff. Revisiting also. Uh -huh. You know, like, The Beatles and yeah. Bob Marley a lot. Nice. And it resonates so much more now. That's cool. And I'm like, man. I, and I really think that I can't be the only one doing it, right? No. So I was talking to him, and he's like, yeah, man, like, look at the songs that we're writing right now. Yeah. You know, like, him and I were started comparing. It's like... Yeah, and when we listen to the stuff that you're writing, it's not like I hear that riff and I'm like, I'm going to talk about that bitch in high school. That <laughs> yeah, right. Me. No, it's all no. like, oh, dude, send me that because yeah. I get that feeling that I want to write something. I've had that enough of those songs when, about the bitch in high school. Right? You know, it's like, you know, come like, on, fuck. When that song hits, I, I, it's that vibe that you really want to be like lost. You want to put something out there that it's really going to give people 
those three, five, four minutes, however long the song is, to nothing else matters right, right now. I just want to listen to this song and get the message, interpret it however it comes, right? Because someday you can be having a bad day and the song has a different meaning sure. to you, but it will be there for you. The and I think that's what like music a, does for us, it's right? It's my medicine, Music's man. always there. Yeah. It doesn't matter the mood. You're bitchy and grumpy. All right, let's listen to Black from Pearl Jam. Right. Right. You want to get uplifted? Skip listen a couple to Black of tracks. From Pearl Jam. Right? Yeah, exactly, dude. Yeah, it's always there. I got to step out real quick. Yeah, we're back. More good energy, more good vibes. So, I wanted to ask you, because I know that every time that, for example, the three of us, Sal, you and I, talk about it, we always, I don't want to say agree in most of the like issues that we'll probably talk is mostly we'll be talking about music and right. sharing music and whatnot. But what do you think is the best way, especially because we lean so much like left, right? And right. we're like very liberal and sure. art, music, culture, and all that. Which is the best way to engage people? community-wise, into, like, let's have a conversation. Let's meet in, in the middle. Man. Well, I think only, my first thing that comes to mind is just lead by example, you know, just through my actions, that you can see that I'm out for good. I'm out for your best interest, you know. I'm, um, you know. Just trying to be a positive influence in my community, you know, basically, by doing what I do with teaching. Because I don't know, there's all kinds of people that come in. I'm sure they're, you know, maybe one, one student's dad might be a really right-leaning person or, or who knows. But <clears throat> I don't know because it's like that taboo, you know. You don't want to speak directly about politics to anybody mm -hmm. you see, which I think is the, probably the problem. We're, we're, no one's talking to each other, you know. But, you think yeah. you're where we are more prone because of the of the times that let's say if I'm um, left uh, right wing and we were to talk about something I'm like oh the balls of the Democrats to try to approve this blah 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 you would be more prone to be just like I don't even want to talk about this well if somebody's or to be it up to me or I'd say, to whoa, be whoa, like whoa, whoa. How about we listen to this? Know? Because the only reason we were doing this, yeah, I agree. That part that you're saying, I agree. That doesn't sound right. We need to adjust it, you know. Yeah. But in general, we're trying to get this to happen, to where everybody can have health insurance. Everybody can go if they have an illness, and they can go and get checked out. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, but you're letting the people who are illegal, you know, get there. Okay. Well. Let's, you're right, that doesn't seem fair, so let's get them, you know, they can have a little bit of help, but then they're going to have to pay it back via this, or, you know, just, you know, yeah, I mean, if somebody's talking to me by, at, you know, about specific, a specific topic, like guns in schools or something, I'm 
totally open to say no you know keep that mm -hmm. away you know but maybe have a guard outside that has one or you know but um yeah i don't know because there's always two sides there's always good points on both sides you know of any argument totally so but yeah you got to be willing to hear out the other person say wait whoa, whoa, don't call let's stop calling each other names right and just tell me what part that you think is correct you know and you know that'd be in a perfect world okay that guy would do that and i would say okay well this is what i think is correct you know and hopefully find some play i mean that's that's what we're trying to do here you know that's you what think part of the problem is how people present any argument to it's like talk to each it's yeah. their fact it's not their opinion it's a fact and right. it's irrefutable right. it's like this is my opinion the hard sell and a tough thing. whatever it opposes it just fucking sucks right right yeah i mean it's like you know you learn over time to say things like well for me this is how i'm feeling right now you know and somebody might say oh it's fucking pussy you talk you know but, you know, everybody, no matter how tough you are or how many guns you have, you know, you, you might have a son. Or, you know, you're not going to be a total hard-ass asshole to that son, you know. You yeah. have to be uh, able to be kind, right, to, to people, no matter how tough you are. And I've seen the toughest of tough motherfuckers. They're kind people, too, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. So let's just try to come at each other. Like instead of coming at you, or I'm gonna I'm gonna try to walk around and come up alongside you. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And uh, so the way you say things definitely, yeah, is is a big part of it. You know, it's it's like you can't. You know, it's like just because that person thinks these certain things because they've been told to think that doesn't mean that person's completely an evil person. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, they just might have been taught wrong. Right. So, you know, you, you can't just force them to sit in a chair and listen to what I'm going to say because that's not how we are, you right. know. So we got to figure out a way to, to talk to each other that's, I think, just a little bit more with kindness, I guess, you know. I think that that's the secret ingredient that's it's like the secret ingredient that we all lesson. have in our pantry but we right. are too scared to use i don't know i mean it's the only thing i can think of that at least if i start off the conversation with hey sir you know can i i just want to speak with it was speak to him with with respect mm -hmm. you know then you're gonna might be you know there might be more of a chance of them listening of having an honest conversation sure. where it's not my way right. is the only one, but all right, let's listen to each other. My yeah. experience, this is what I've found to work for me. You know, that kind of stuff. Saying it like that, because then it's not, I'm not putting it on you. It's not a cell, like right. the perfect cell. Yeah, the yeah. hard cell, you know. No one wants to be sold something, you know. Even if you come at me with, uh, and I'm totally wrong about something, just, you know, to be told this, you know, it's right. like, no. And it's like we get defensive, you know. So one of the, um, I watched this documentary, I can't even remember. My memory's failing me too much. Um, 
this lady talking about, uh, I think she has a book called Daring Greatly. Her name is Brené Brown. And she has a, a special on Netflix about courage and, um, oh man, I'm forgetting, on uh, being courageous and being vulnerable. They can't exist mm -hmm. without each other. They coexist, right? Interesting. And she quotes uh, Teddy Roosevelt's speech yeah. on never criticize or talk down the man in the arena because he lost the fight, the battle, sure. the game, whatever, because he went out there Absolutely. and put it all on yeah. the line while you were on the stands watching, right? right, right, right. So as fans of music sports and everything we cheer for our team and when we see all right michael jordan won the championship he beat charles barkley charles barkley is a loser Char right. have you ever stepped in an nba yeah. court and played a game right. a quarter or a minute have you guarded michael Against jordan michael in your jordan. life right yeah. but we love that and i think that's in america and in and well and i think all around the world the sports culture the fan culture right really takes those concepts away because even in combat sports you'll see people making fun of a girl like ronda rousey when she finally lost a mm -hmm. ufc fight oh that's what you deserve you're such a bitch and blah blah you got knocked out i'm so fucking happy yeah. have you even done uh, an, an mma training yeah, session have you even go go and do one judo session right with her to see if you're not going to be sore for like a month oh, and totally. regret and ever step in yeah. that and will not have the balls to come back right and do it oh, again yeah. and try to chase what she's done right she's a fucking loser no. while you're now doing it from a keyword you're you know yeah, like yeah, the classic yeah. uh keyboard warrior yeah, yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. so we learn how to put these people down and at the same time i think they don't grasp the concept of I'm going into battle. They see it as I'm a fucking badass. They don't see it as I'm putting everything on the line. I'm open and I'm very aware that I can go out of there flatlined. Sure. In combat sports, for example, right. you can die. Yeah, yeah. And an and MMA fight, a Muay Thai fight, a boxing match, you right. know? But. The people outside of the arena, or the ex, the the audience, is putting all that on you. Like you fucking suck. Yeah. You lost. That's crazy. When have you had the balls right, right, to right. be in the arena, being the gladi the gladiator yeah. against a fucking lion or against yeah. another gladiator that's right. ready to take your head off? Yeah. You man. know. So I think we carry that a lot, and I was. Uh, I did a little survey on Instagram with people that I've seen that are successful entrepreneurs, business people, um, they're in the jiu-jitsu world and the combat sports world. And I asked them about that and about what they think first word that comes to mind when you, when you listen to this guy is courageous, right? Oh, well, he's brave. He's a badass, blah, blah, blah. This guy is vulnerable. Oh, he's weak. Interesting. Weak, right? But then 
and that's in like uh, entrepreneurship and business people are, oh well if he's vulnerable he's he's weak mm-hmm. right but there comes like there's levels to it when you go to the highest levels like jiu-jitsu black belts are like six eight degree black belts that have gone through this process of getting smashed and smashed and smashed where there's no ego whatsoever they recognize it Hmm. they're like well being vulnerable it's you know one guy had this specific answer he's like i don't let myself be in vulnerable positions because i don't trust people a lot Hmm. when it comes to training battling fighting whatever of course you're vulnerable to to lose the right. other guy can catch you can get a lucky break or he just trained more than you it wasn't your day whatever but in general in life he's like i don't allow myself to be vulnerable because i don't trust people like so he keeps a distance yeah, right I've learned, I've learned and a lot of i i think that life. there's kind of like an aspect like a little twist on that that i was like it is true that we let our our guards down a little bit maybe too often and don't learn from it right and we keep hitting ourselves but then there's the courageous act of here we go again let's see what happens open arms open heart open mind and if i get kicked in the nuts again i'll probably learn my lesson but we keep doing it until we get to that degree of all right because in relationships it's like that you know not everybody gets to marry their first kiss, their first love. Sure. You go through trials and tribulations oh, yeah. of couple and cheating and getting cheated on yeah. and all that. Now I got the wife. Right. I don't need to put myself out there in the dating world, expose myself, open up to someone, mm-hmm. explain, I'm a good guy. Yeah, right. give me a chance. Yeah, yeah. Please sleep with me, please, because yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what we're doing, right? Yeah, of course. While we're growing up and while we're trying to trying to find our our partner our our maiden soul mm-hmm. our soulmate whatever it is whatever you call it but those two concepts i think get so intertwined and yet so can be so far away from each other at when you glance. say like vulnerable uh weak courageous badass right. but when you bring them together they're the same i like that you know that's really they're they're the same yeah. and I think artists have to be super courageous and super vulnerable. Right. Because I could forget the words. I could forget the chord. Yeah. It's not only yeah. that. Like in performance, yeah, that's what you worry the most about, right? Once you step on stage, yep. you got to be on point. Yep. But I think more is like nowadays, right? Let's say you have a riff. You record it. And you're like, oh, I'm going to put it on Instagram to see if somebody wants to sing it, put some lyrics on it. Uh And then you can get like, you see all your friends are liking it. And you're like, oh, yeah, you get that rush of dopamine and that good feeling. And then one asshole comes around. Dude, you fucking suck playing the guitar. Get a job. And you're like, oh, fuck. All the other comments and all the likes from your friends. Oh, Jason, that's such a cool riff. They just vanish. Right. And the negative one takes over. Sure. And you're like, this motherfucker. Yeah. And it ruins your day, your week, your month. Yeah. And now you're like, well, why even fucking post any other songs? Right. And we can be here like, oh, fuck that asshole, Jason. He doesn't know what he's talking about. 
but it'll still be in the back of your head until you have to be courageous and vulnerable enough to be like fuck that dude well you know here comes my other my next riff that's you know that's like the early part of life i think is when that's more of a a real thing like oh that person's opinion like that means something Mm -hmm. you know and and because what do i have really i got 12 people i got 11 of my friends and one stranger and the one stranger says maybe 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 he's the only one telling the truth. Right. You know, maybe my friends are just too, too nice. hurt my feelings. Yeah, too nice and I tell you so the we truth. we put so much weight behind it and, you know, but then. But at the same time, life, at a certain point of life, you really know who your friends are. And well, you yeah. really know, they'll tell you like, dude, that shit sounds like Justin Bieber. What the fuck are you doing? Well, and even very, then, that's, that's right, too, yeah. when as musicians, we break down songs. It's just fucking chords put together to make you feel happy and snappy and dance right, right, and right. feel something. Like, yeah, so it doesn't thing? matter if Lennon, Kravitz, Marley, or Bieber wrote it. Right. Someone's yeah. going to get excited about yeah, it. Yeah. Some people are not going to like it. But that's like what, what I'm thinking is later on after I go through life and I read a review on... Lenny Kravitz's latest record, and, and all these people say that it sucks. Right. But I've I already listened to it, and I fucking love it. So then I'm going, wait a minute. So sometimes people say negative things, and and that doesn't mean they're right. Oh, okay, cool. That's just the way of the world. You know, for every amazing painting, you know, there's going to be a whole segment of people that think it's shit. Totally. So then I realize that, okay, that's just the way it is. And so that helps you kind of go, not take it personally when it happens to you, you know. Yeah, have you read go, the, the Four Agreements? Nah, what is that? I think I have, but I forget. That's, I think that's the second agreement. Don't take anything personally. Huh, that's so hard. It is, but if the, what I like about the Four Agreements is that it's not one of those books that makes you feel like, stupid uh-huh. where you're like that's why life fucking sucks and it's so hard to be happy or content mm. because you don't understand what they're telling you it's right. all this philosophical sure. rhetorical shit and you're like what the fuck the four agreements is just like it's this easy dude i have that book you somewhere. Know? i gotta go check that and out again. i've i finished it last month and then i'm almost like Forget it. I know. Don't make assumptions. Don't take anything personally. Always give your best. Always give your best sure. at everything. And don't be a dick. Right? The last don't one. be an asshole. <laughs> Should be the fifth agreement. There's a oh, I'm I'm missing the first one for for some reason. But don't forget things. No, I'm just it's kind of like when I read the book, I'm like, it is really simple. I just think we live in a time when. We have so many distractions, so many things stimulating our eyes, our brains, our ears, our sense. Yeah, that we like become numb to like how to live life because we always need or we always want what we saw on the fucking screen, what they're selling on Instagram. We always like, how many guitars do we have? And aren't we always talking about sucks, we don't man. have enough? I wish I could feel as happy as I thought I was going to feel with the fucking first one. Right? Yeah. Right? And that first one was, holy shit. It it, was. Some of us don't even have it anymore. Yeah. You know? And yeah. Some people's like, 
yeah, that first guitar was probably like cheap wood with the cheapest was, crazy I strings. I, I still have a sense of I the I remember the smell of my first nylon string acoustic the way when you open up that case it had mm-hmm. this certain smell. Yeah. And I remember a couple one time I think or a couple times in my life since then I've I found another guitar, another case that smelled like that, you know? Uh-huh. And I wish I could just have that same guitar again. So like yeah. it's like, I just remember it had a certain smell. It was crazy. Yeah, and now we're chasing that. We're like, how many Firebirds? Yeah, dude. How many Les Pauls? <laughs> but we always want more, and we're always yeah. like, not enough. Yeah. How many guitars do you have? Not enough. Well, if you ask me, not enough. They all offer something. They all there's a song in every one of them. I think you know there's a riff or some beautiful line that could come because they all feel a little bit different and it makes me want to play. What a guitar makes me play something. Mm-hmm. You know, when I grab a guitar yeah. I've played before, it makes me want to do something. And the way it feels lends my fingers to go here or there or try this shape. And, right. And so, you know, there is something to be said for that, that they all are their own beautiful little creation all on their own. You know, there's there's a world worth of music in each guitar, that, and it's different from every other guitar. That is different. That is, it's something that, not different, that is, it's true. Like, for example, when I see a 12-string guitar... Mm. My thoughts are like, I'm, you know, I'm not going to try to write the next heaviest riff. Right. For like a song like Even Flow, something like that that gets everybody right. jumping around. I want to write something delicate, yeah. something that's like, I don't know, like 12 string guitars always remind me of Pink Floyd Dig for it. some reason. Yeah. Like that wish you were here kind of vibe, that things like, oh sounds amazing just to chill oh, yeah. you're not thinking of writing like a heavy riff something crazy like that and the same way we were we started talking about the the uke it's like yeah you won't try to fucking write a slipknot song on no. on the uke right no, <laughs> it's, it's not like allowed. who would do that you want to write something that yeah puts you in that vibe that i want to see a guy vibe. playing the ukulele that looks like the guy from slipknot though singing all beautiful that would be really fucking <laughs> With his mask and everything. Yes, that'd be great. You can't really fuck with his mask. That's fucking awesome. That would be awesome. Well, my friend, we will end this just how we started. Nice, dude. Play a little happy riff on the U. We leave the people with that. With happy vibes. Same. I wonder if this is the same hook that we had earlier. throwing the blues in there my brother thank you so much for your time man i fucking love you dude thank you so much that was awesome dude jason allen moore baby later